an off day on Thursday, so we have a mailbag Friday. All today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Friday, May 19th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash MLB, and when you enter promo code LOCKDOWNMLB, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Okay, we are back and better than ever, hopefully. We're going to do a mailbag episode today. You guys sent in a boatload of questions, which is absolutely awesome. I cannot stress enough how grateful I am for this Teams fan base and this community we have, uh, the, the Locked On Tigers community, is absolutely fantastic. And, yeah, not only is it is it uh, does it take a little bit of pressure off me to be, know that you guys will ask questions if I ask for a mailbag, but also it just makes it more fun. It's more fun to interact and go straight to the listener and ask, what do you want to hear, right, and, and just directly get there. So uh, I, I really do. I cannot stress enough how much I greatly appreciate each and every one of y'all uh, asking a question or not, supporting this show in any way just by listening to a single episode uh, means the absolute world to me, for real. This is a, uh, this is, yeah, I don't take that for granted at all. So, with that, let's get in. We got comments, questions from YouTube. We got questions from Twitter. We, I think we got one emailed to us. We're all over the board. Uh, let's start with a YouTube comment here uh, where the question was, I got to find it here. Uh, As the mailbag goes, I want to talk about Scooble. We're expecting him back in July if all things go well, but how quickly does he get back into it? He was without a doubt our best starter last year when injury and personal matters took away most of our rotation. He stepped up and will hopefully be our ace or a number two pitcher and help bring us back to contention in the division. But does he get back to that form? What can we expect from him come July? What about Casey Mize? Will his injury affect him the rest of his career, or will he overcome it? All very, very valid questions. Uh, that comes from Ian Sanity, nineteen ninety-five YouTube comment. So uh, we'll start with Scooble. I would say. The closer we get, the more clear that's going to become. And I know that's not the answer anyone's looking for. You want something a little more concrete. Uh, but I, the cool thing that the Scott Harris era has brought us and that I have not seen really any other team do on a consistent basis, except maybe the Yankees sometimes, uh, is like every week the Tigers send out a complete injury report of everybody on the Major League IL and what they did last week, where they are in their progression, and, and so forth. And that's something that he's very transparent about, Scott Harris, that uh, that that Al Avila was the exact opposite. So it is nice to see, like, Scoobles throwing from distance and, like, his his bullpens are starting up relatively soon. And, like, that's, that's all great that we know that. Um, it still doesn't give us, like, an exact date. I went into the season believing that it was going to be, like, late July. And even with that, that might be, like, he's starting a rehab assignment in late July. Like... I don't think there's some like guaranteed 
like, oh, Tarek Skubla is going to be starting games for the Detroit Tigers and, and going to be going, you know, six, seven innings by like July 15th or 20th or 30th. I, I, I really think that we should take a step back as far as that kind of take goes, which is what a lot of people had going into the season. Because unfortunately, it would not surprise me if he wasn't like really stretched out, like truly himself, himself again until the beginning of August. And uh, that's unfortunate because the that's only two full months. Uh, but that's kind of what I'm prepping for. And I'm a little bit more of a like cautiously optimistic. Like I take a lot of precautions when it comes to injury stuff, just because especially when it comes to starting pitchers and their throwing arms, that stuff is just can be so just change on a day-to-day basis. Uh, so that's what, not that he won't be back in July, but I'm not really expecting like full, full Tarek Skubal experience part two until honestly, like the very beginning of August. And Casey Mize, I fully do not expect to pitch for the Detroit Tigers this year. I'm not even sure I expect him to pitch professionally this year. Um, and it, like it's Tommy John and that's just the timetable for starting pitchers. Uh, his rehab seems to be on track. He seems to be doing everything well, but uh, I mean, look like Spencer Turnbull got Tommy John in what June of 2021 and didn't pitch again until this year, <laughs> spring of 23. So like, it, 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 I don't know. I think, I think we'd all be pushing it to think that Casey Mize is going to be back this season. I, I have seen or heard nothing that would lead me to believe that he will be back this season. Now in, you know, July, if the Tigers are like, wow, he's made incredible leaps and bounds. We're going to start a throwing program. And then by late August, we were like, we're going to rehab him. And then like, maybe he can pitch in September, but even then, like how many innings are you really going to get out of him? I don't know. I, I don't expect Casey Mize to be uh, in the mix really whatsoever this season. That's that's my opinion right now on May 18th. We'll see where it goes. Um, another YouTube comment. We have, will the Royals manager allow Amir Garrett to face Javi? I hope so. I hope so, dog. I, I hope so, so badly. That would be an absolute electric factory. Um, yeah, that would be absolutely awesome. Uh, another YouTube comment here. Uh, we have... What has Austin Meadows been doing for the last few months? Will he ever play again? Very frustrating watching Isak Paredes uh, do really well with the Rays. Has there been a more topsy-turvy trade in Tigers history where the Tigers thought it was a steal getting someone, but now it's turning into a steal uh, the opposite direction? Um, and then follows up in, in the replies to his own comment and, and just says, I'd like to know if he's taking batting practice at home with the team, occasionally feeling batting practice, etc." I don't know. And uh, this you're not alone. I actually got three or four questions about Austin Meadows alone. I wish I had an update for y'all, but no one does. The 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 organization is, is not like there, there's no consistent updates about Austin Meadows. Like he's on the 60 day now. I can tell you that. So it's not going to be anytime soon, but I I I have zero update. Uh, and I, and genuinely I don't think anybody has like a real concrete update other than he's trying to work out what he's got going on. I know he has a whole team of like psychiatrists and, and, and therapists, one or the other. I don't want to misconstrue that. It's one of the two. Uh, He has like a, a, a several of in, in the area. Uh, He was in the dugout for the game the other day, uh, which a lot of people noticed. I, I have zero clue. 
genuinely. And as far as was there a trade, there, there's it's unprecedented. There, there's no trade, not only in Tigers history, but I, I would argue that there's very little trades in the history of baseball that um, we're going to look back on and, and be able to compare to this one. Uh, for good or for bad, it's been a it's been an unreal situation, um, and obviously I wish the absolute best for for the dude because clearly he's going through some stuff, um, and, and yeah, just really like no update at all, unfortunately. Um, next one, if you were hired tomorrow to be the Tigers GM, what's the first move you are making that doesn't involve Scope, Maton, or Alexander? Fantastic question. I'm going to kind of pair this with another YouTube comment we got that was, if you could add any single player in baseball to this roster, who would it be and why? And Otani is a cop-out answer. So I'm going to give you two players, one that's completely unobtainable, and there's no way the Tigers would ever be able to acquire him ever because he's too good. And then one that's a little bit more feasible, while it would still cost something, is, is a little bit more at least like possible. The one, uh, everybody knows I love catchers. Adding Adley Rutschman to this team, I, I would cry. Like that, that <laughs> I would seriously think, I don't know if any of y'all have watched the, the the Bad Boys 30 for 30, right? And they're interviewing, uh, they're interviewing the, the, the former Pistons general manager at the time. And he said that when he first took over, he offered his entire roster for uh, Magic Johnson. I think I would seriously consider doing that for Adley Rutschman. Um, he, I already think he might be the best catcher in baseball. And like, this is his second season playing at the major leagues. He's unbelievable. Um, now a little bit more like feasible, not just like totally, you know, like dreaming answer. Uh, one of my favorite players in baseball this year has been uh, Lamont Wade Jr. of the San Francisco Giants. He has more walks than strikeouts this year. We're in the second half of May, and he still has more walks than strikeouts at the plate this season, paired with a 500 slugging percentage. Extra base hits, doesn't strike out, walks a boatload. He has the third highest qualified walk rate in baseball paired with a K rate that is lower than his walk rate. He has been comfortably one of my favorite hitters to watch so far this season, already putting up a one and a half win season. Uh, this is really like his breakout year though. He hasn't really had an incredible, incredible season so far. And he's 29 years old with three years of service left. I see no way the Giants are going to let him go. I'm not implying that th this is like an actual trade target because the Giants are probably going to hold on to him. Uh, but if I just had like a magic wand and, and could lure him away from the Giants and put him on the Tigers, that would be kind of my like non-superstar answer to that question. Okay, let's get into uh, the rest. We have a lot still to go over. I'm going to try to get through as many as I can, like I said. Uh, but first, I have to tell you all about our friends over at So Rare. They're our new sponsor. It's a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace that transforms fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 teams. Uh, they're partnered with Ron, Juan Soto, Julio Rodriguez. You see their commercials all over the place if you watch MLB TV as well. Uh, they are awesome. And the more you win, the more you advance. You can increase and collect more powerful cards uh, and access next-level competition and just 
keep climbing up the ranks. And it's really the, the cool part about it is not only is it like fantasy baseball a little bit, but you actually own your team. You are the owner of your team, which is a crazy cool feeling. So uh, definitely get on the wave because it has grown a ton lately. Uh, I am absolutely hooked. It's super, super cool. So head to SoRare.com slash locked on. That's S-O-R-A-R-E.com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash locked on to start playing today. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked on Tigers. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. I appreciate each and every one of y'all, especially the everydayers that do tune in every single day. We'll be back on Monday recapping the series against the Washington Nationals. If we have time at the end, we'll talk a little bit about the Nats, but I would imagine this is going to be a pretty full show of questions because we did get a lot of questions. So uh, let's move on. Let's just get right back into it. Um, What's next here? During the trade deadline, should we get a third baseman or a good starter and make a playoff push from Zach? Well, I would say uh, I got a couple of questions kind of along this similar uh, thought process, this similar wavelength. And I I love the optimism of like this team is, is going to like make a playoff push or whatnot. I think that that question is going to be significantly out of the Tigers' control almost. Like, if they just start losing games, obviously no, right? Like, if they turn around and 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 they go under 500 against the Nats, Royals, and, uh, and White Sox, and, like, the rest of May isn't that exciting, and then they kind of slowly just slip lower and lower under 500, then, like, no. Obviously, the answer, they're not going to acquire anyone. But if they can just kind of hang around 500 – with how awful the AL Central is. And that's my point. I think that this is going to be completely almost determined by just how big of a joke the AL Central is actually going to be. The Tigers aren't going to win 90 games. They're not going to win 87 games. They're probably not even going to win 85 games, right? I don't even th- I don't even have them winning 80 at the present moment, right? But if the AL Central is just a complete laughingstock where that you can win the division with a couple of games over 500, if you're sitting there on July 30th and you're two games under 500 but only three out of the division still, maybe you just say forget it and, and, and go all in. That I, I think it's going to be much more determined based on what the AL Central looks like than really what the Tigers are doing, barring a just – historic win streak where they just like actually play themselves into being one of the better teams in baseball, which I I don't see at the present moment. Offense still has a long way to go here. Uh, Next. Are you still a believer in the Mize Scooble Manning trio? Uh, That that's a really subjective. I I can get really subjective with that, right? Like, do I think that Mize Manning Scooble are a one, two, three on a playoff team? No, I don't. Uh, I, I, am off that wagon train, whatever vehicle, whatever mode of transportation you want to say. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't think that Mize Manning Scooble are, are, are going to turn into a, a one, two, three in a rotation that like wins a championship. Uh, I think there's way too many questions still around Manning. Not that I don't believe he can answer them and be really good. Uh, but the odds of all three of those dudes overcoming what they have gone through over the last two years just seems very slim. One or two of them, maybe. All three of them seems really far-fetched to me at this point. 
Um, but do I still think that the three of them can be major league pitchers? And not only just like, oh, you're a major league pitcher, but like productive and decent major league pitchers. Yes, I, I, I do. The Mize is behind the eight ball. That was part of the question. I feel like I didn't answer the second part of that question earlier by the first question of the episode uh, about like, will Mize's injury affect the rest of his entire career? Tommy John is weird. Some people have Tommy John and they come back and they're never the same. Dylan Bundy is one that really jumps out. Then some people have Tommy John and come back and are literally better than they were before. And then some come back and there's no difference. So it really just kind of, it's really to each their own. And we'll see what, what umbrella mice falls under, but um, all three of them still very much have the ability to be solid major league pitchers. Scooble, especially, I I don't even want to clump all of them in kind of like the same group. Tarek Scooble can be a a really, really fine top end of the rotation pitcher, I think. Uh, But the odds of all three of them turning into the one, two, three that we expected a few years ago is I, I think that ship has sailed, to be honest with you. Um, okay. Boom. More, another question uh, about uh, update on Austin Meadows. Like I said, don't really have one. Uh, and Justin Henry Malloy, I was surprised he was amongst the first cuts in the spring. Was it only a service time issue or is there a hole in his game they're worried about? Uh, both, for sure. He, he, wouldn't, he was never going to make the team on opening day. That was never going to happen uh, because – they wanted to see him crush AAA pitching, which, to his credit, he has been doing all season. He leads Toledo in pretty much every offensive category. He's walking more than anyone. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, and, and the biggest thing was extra base power was kind of a question. And he's kind of had some nebs and flows with it so far this season. But uh, he has been hitting the ball really hard, and he leads Toledo in home runs currently. Um, next, who's your favorite tiger? Who's often forgotten about, or wasn't on the team very long. I love these questions. So there's a few that come to mind. Jamie Walker, the cat. I don't know if y'all remember Jamie Walker. He was like a lefty specialist reliever back in like Oh three, maybe even Oh two to Oh six. Oh six was definitely his last season on the team though. He was one of my family's favorite players growing up. Um, so that's like kind of just like one, that was my first thought when I read your question, but I think my favorite, because As I make very clear, I love catchers more than anything. I think my favorite is Vance Wilson. Uh, For those who don't remember Vance Wilson, he was Pudge Rodriguez's backup, but he was hurt and had like a serious like career altering or maybe even ending injury. Uh, And he was just like a replacement level, like solid backup catcher for a while. And then that injury happened and he just never came back. And I remember going to games for like two years and Vance Wilson was just like permanently on the injury list uh, back then. Cause I I've been keeping score at every game since I was like six, seven years old um, that every tiger game I've been to. So like, I, I still have like scorecards from like Oh six, maybe Oh five, Oh six, Oh seven, somewhere in there where it's set. Maybe even later, maybe it was like Oh eight, somewhere around there though. Uh, where it says like Vance Wilson IL or IR at the time, and and just it, it that he will forever be like one of the one of the people that when I think of forgotten about Tigers, Vance Wilson was a dog when he was on the field. Just wasn't very often as a Tiger, unfortunately. By the end, especially, uh, who will the Tigers draft this year? Do you think this is another YouTube comment? Uh, great question. I can't wait to talk to you all about the draft. Uh, we're gonna have a lot more draft coverage as we get closer to the day. Uh, and I'm going to be joining the Motor City Metrics guys for I, I join them for the draft every year. We do a live stream together, so we'll have more info on that as we get closer to the day. But the two that really jump out the page of you right now: a 
we draft a pitcher, pitchforks are, are going to come out. I, I think everyone's kind of tired of that. And this team desperately needs bats. Um, Wyatt Langford, outfielder from Florida, is a phenomenal player. Uh, and honestly, if it wasn't for the fact that Dylan Cruz is just like one of the best outfielders we've seen in recent years, I think uh, there's a legitimate argument that Wyatt would be a like top two pick in the draft. Um, so I, I think that there's a chance that Langford's there at three. Uh, he's someone, if you want college bat, that's probably your answer. Now, if you want the riskier, high upside pick, Max Clark is fascinating to me. This is probably the best high school hitter in the draft, while Walker Jenkins is pretty good as well. There's a debate there for sure. Um, but Max Clark is, is an athletic kid that rakes in high school ball. And I, he just keeps climbing lists over the last like seven, eight months. Him and Walker Jenkins both actually have just continued to climb lists. Um, I, you know, there, there's always risk with high school players in general and, and bats like, oh, you're getting the higher upside because we don't know, but like, we also don't know. So the floor could be lower kind of, you want safer, you want to get a little, little risky with it. And I think Wyatt Langford is going to be a great player. So like, you can't really go wrong either way, but those are the two that I kind of have my, uh, my eye on as it stands right now in May, we still got baseball left at the college and high school level until the draft. Um, okay, let's get into the rest of your questions right after I tell y'all about our friends over at Bird Dogs. I was wearing my Bird Dog shorts earlier today, and now I'm not. So I I, uh, I wish I was wearing the product while reading this. But uh, Bird Dogs is absolutely fantastic. They are so comfortable. Uh, they are They fit great. They make you feel great because they fit great and they're comfortable. The biggest thing for me is just how versatile they are. These are like legitimately a pair of shorts that you can wear. Like I was just lounging around my house last weekend and was wearing them and felt totally comfortable. Uh, they have lining on the inside as well, which is kind of cool. Uh, but also I wore them out to the golf course as well. And they were just as comfortable and they look presentable in pretty much any setting. They are the ultimate versatility tool for clothing. Uh, they're the best for real. And I, I cannot say enough good things about them. They, they were kind enough to send the hosts uh, a couple of pairs of the product. And I, I love them. They're literally my favorite pair of shorts that I own now, uh, like instantly. So definitely go check them out. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. And when you enter pro promo code locked on MLB, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs, Yeti style tumbler, which I had my coffee in this morning uh, with every single order. So that's birddogs.com slash lockdown MLB and use promo code lockdown MLB to get your free Yeti style tumbler today. All right, everybody, welcome back. Third and final segment here, locked on tigers. We're still on YouTube and it's segment three. I don't want this to be like a 40 minute episode, but buckle down. Okay. We got a speed run through it. It's game time, big time players, big time plays. Um, okay, next up, if we move Erod at the deadline, what can we expect in return? Is it unreasonable to ask for an infielder with a solid batting average? No, not at all. I think that that will also be a big testament to where this front office thinks the organization is uh, as far as like how far away they are from competing is when. And now, first off, Erod's not going anywhere anytime soon. And it, again, because the AL Central is awful. That is why. And like you want to maximize value. If he goes on another heater, you can, you know, show him off a little bit more, but like 
it, I cannot stress enough how how important the rest of the AL Central's lack of success is to what the Tigers are going to do later this summer. It's just as important, if not more important, than what the Tigers do. Obviously, again, if they're 30 games under 500 and they're completely out of it, no matter how bad the division is, then it's not going to matter. But if you can win the division at 83 games, it's going to change a lot, okay? Uh, so, uh, no, I, I think that uh, as far as the return goes, this team is going to be looking for young, controllable, major league-ready talent. Like, similar to Justin Henry Malloy, uh, I know that he's starting out in Toledo, but, like, he's going to play in the majors a lot this season. It's going to happen. Barring injury, he'll be up by, I don't want to say end of May, like, give people's hopes up if that doesn't happen, but, like, it would shock me if by the end of June he was not called up in the month of June, you know, whether that's June 2nd or June 28th, whatever. But, like, it would genuinely surprise me. Uh, if he if he wasn't up then, so I, I think that that type of player, whether it's you know only a couple years of service, they have a lot of time left. Uh, I think that that's what they're looking at. You know, that's what they tried to do with Veerling and Mayton as well. Like only one year of service despite their age. So I, I think that that's what they're looking for. They're going to look for young, controllable offense. Okay. Next up, we have. Um, Hey, Scott, love the show. Thank you. Appreciate it greatly. I'm curious what your thoughts are on innings limits on Mize, Manning, and Scooble that would put on them in 2020. Hindsight, of course, is 2020. Good one. Uh, but I was so frustrated when they'd be pulled in the third inning, regardless of the game situation. Now they're injured anyways. Is it still smart to project future arms, protect future arms? You know, this is one that I go back and forth on a lot. Um because it almost seems like, to your point, a rite of passage or like a prerequisite for pretty much all pitchers at this point. Like you're going to have Tommy John at some point. And I'm not trying to put like bad, you know, like vibes out into the world, but like genuinely. When was the last time you saw a young pitcher like come up and, and just be completely injury free? And like the Tigers are really watching innings in the minors. Like if you if you keep tabs on the minor league pitchers that we have they are really 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 watching their innings jackson job was only going three or four innings now he's out until august late july right hasn't pitched at all this season so like i i understand where you're coming from in the same breath i also think that it would be kind of irresponsible for a front office to just be like well they're gonna get hurt anyway might as well just throw them 300 innings like we used to in the 70s like, Mark Fidrich still happened. And, like, I still believe that Mark Fidrich, if he wasn't throwing 280 innings as a 21-year-old, probably would have had a little bit longer of a career, you know? But, like, so it, it, it's a fine line. I, I, I think that it has to do with the velocity. That's really what it comes down to. More so than the innings. Uh, I, well, the innings pair with the velocity. Dudes are throwing harder than we have ever thrown in the history of humanity, and they're doing it for a lot of innings and that's just going to lead to to this it's it's really hard if there was a fix people would be doing it that's really my answer i know that's like a horrible answer but like it, it, if there was a foolproof method to not have pitchers get hurt someone would be doing it and, and no team has really figured that out not even the rays the dodgers right like the best organizations in in, in the world their, their pitchers still get hurt left and right the rays have a ton of pitchers on the il right now the dodgers like you know justin may just missed all of last season Walker Bueller hasn't pitched yet this year. Like, you know what I mean? 
there's a foolproof method someone would be utilizing it. Um, okay, next up, we have what, what trophy would hurt the most to sit on? Super Bowl, NBA Finals, Stanley Cup, World Series. This is a slam dunk. Uh, no pun intended. It's the World Series, and it's not even close. The other three, like the Stanley Cup is a literal cup. That that would just be like weird, but like whatever. And the Super Bowl and the NBA Finals, they have, they're like rounded at the top. The, the World Series ha- is pennant flags. Like that thing is going to stab you. So it's not even a competition. If you think otherwise, you're wrong. And I don't say that very often, but this is one where I'm very, very confident that that's the right answer. Uh, Okay, last YouTube question, and we're literally at 30 minutes. This is a disaster. Uh, (laughs) It's it's great. I genuinely appreciate all of y'all. Curious your thoughts on this question. If the Tigers are in the playoffs hunt come August, what would your ideal starting lineup be as the team stands right now? Ideally, would you? I would like to hear your whole one through nine in order on the field. I appreciate your work. Well, I I, uh, I appreciate you tuning in very, very much. Um, okay, so lineups are tricky because I do somewhat subscribe to like righty-lefty and uh, matchups and stuff like that. I, I think the days of like the Jim Leland, the one through nine is the one through nine are pretty much gone. Uh, but in general terms, I think currently, I still think Zach McKinstry is this leadoff hitter until proven otherwise. He's been the only dude all season that has actually hit when put at the number one spot in the lineup. So until proven, he is the third highest war of any hitter on the team. Uh, he, he's my leadoff hitter. Green is my two. I think, uh, and the only reason I have Green as my two and not Javi as my two is because uh, I want Riley Green to get more at-bats, even if that's just like, you know, a third of an at-bat more a game when you average it out at the end of the season. I want Riley Green to get as many ABs as possible, and I want, honestly, my best hitter batting second. So uh, I'm going to have Green at two. Javi, you can have at the three. Streaky can hit him home, a little bit of a power threat. Four, I oh. – I guess Torque. I guess. I don't know. We don't really have like a bona fide four hitter at the moment. Kerry Carpenter, if he can get hot again, sure. Uh, but Kerry Carpenter needs to prove to me that he can hit a non-fastball. Have you heard that before? Yeah, it's almost like a third of the team kind of fits that bill. Um, gosh. I, I Yeah, I guess my middle would be some combination of Torque, Carpenter, and Haas. And that, this is like not too much different than the current lineup. I, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm not giving you a great answer. This is like pretty similar to what the lineup is right now. Um, I, I don't think there's a way to like magically just utilize this offense perfectly and have everybody just like be really good all of a sudden. Like, unfortunately, I, I, I don't, I don't know. And then the bottom of the lineup, I, I think Scope is not going to be here the second half of the year. So if Andy Abanez is still hitting him, uh, but I would say, and especially with the way that Nick Maton has not been playing well lately, really at all this whole season, Justin Henry Malloy is probably in that for me. If it's like August and they're in it, I think I want JHM kind of playing a lot. But a lot of this is so like performance-based as well. So that's kind of like a rough, like horrible answer, to be honest with you. I apologize. Uh, that I have for you now to Twitter with already we're over time. So uh, buckle down next from Stephen Willis. 
the dog. Okay. Steven Willis is the host of Locked On Ole Miss. Uh, if you are, I know most of my fans are MSU and U of M fans, but uh, if you are for some reason an Ole Miss fan, please check out uh, Stephen Willis. He is great. I was a guest on his show earlier. He does like SEC stuff in general too, like more like generalized SEC content as well. So uh, if you're looking for for some SEC sports, if you're into that, please check him out. Uh, should we be more excited for Justin Henry Malloy or Colt Keith? It's Colt Keith. I know that everyone was really, really high on Justin Henry Malloy right now. As am I. I'm so pumped to see him. Colt Keith is the answer, though, man. Colt Keith is is, is one of the... Huh, I can't really say he's one of the most like excited I've been about a hitting prospect in a while, just because like Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson were hitting prospects. But uh, like non-top five picks uh, that I've been excited about probably since like Nick Castellanos back like a decade ago. I, I think Cole Keith is going to be really, really good and valuable for this baseball team. Uh, if we Do we buy or sell the deadline if we stay around 500? A Twitter question from Nolan. Um, again, completely determined based on uh, the rest of the AL Central. Like if we're around 500, it all depends on how good the Twins and Guardians are. When Kerry Carpenter comes back, hopefully sooner rather than later. This one's from Ben Coffin, by the way, who absolutely rocks. Uh, who gets sent down to make room? It's a great question, Ben. How you doing, man? Uh, I think, you know, this one's weird. I, if your first instinct is just to say Akil Badu, right? But I actually think that the answer might be Jonathan Scope. And the reason why is because they have like Andy Abanez playing right field at the moment, some games, right? Like they, they, they really, it's not like they're rolling out the same three outfielders every day. The only reason that they have, the ability to switch it up is because Eric Haas can play left field if need be. And Andy Abanez is apparently a corner outfielder now. So like, I, I think Badu and Carpenter can coexist on this roster and you can just, cause they, that would really take them from three solidified outfielders to four green veerling Badu Carpenter. Right now you have three and then like two guys that aren't outfielders, but are playing outfield for you. You know what I mean? I think they can coexist, so I think you can get rid of Scope and then Andy Abanez can kind of just be your second baseman more times than not, along with, obviously, um, Zach McKinstry, who also has been getting work in corner outfield. Uh, do you think – this is from AJ on Twitter, also great. Do you think the Tigers are going to surprise everyone and win the division? Uh, and also, do you think Scope is DFA'd for Justin Henry Malloy? There you go. There's my answer to that one. Uh, I, I think that that is possible. I do have a thing to say about Jonathan Scope. Gosh, I'm trying to get through this. I do have something to say about that, though. Um, I don't think the Tigers are winning the division. No. And, and I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer either. Uh, but I, this offense ha- is still, like, they were the worst offense in baseball in April. And in May, they're, like, 25th. And, like, that's a big step up. Great. Good job. Proud of you. But, like... This offense has a long way to go before I, I think we're looking around and we're like, oh my goodness. Like they, if they were even like middle of the pack, if they were like the 18th ranked offense in baseball, as far as just like run scored goes, I, I might be more optimistic about like, they're going to make a run at the division, but like they, they have a lot to prove to me still on the offensive side of the ball more than anything. Um, update on Scooble and Mize and what the rotation could look like in July. Kind of went over that a little bit earlier. Um, and, and really the biggest question mark for me outside of like those two at the injury situation is Spencer Turnbull. That, that situation is wild to me. 
Here's one from Nick on Twitter. Uh, favorite pitching prospect in the organization? I love this question. The answer for me is Dylan Smith. I think Dylan Smith is the truth. Uh, I've been huge on Dylan Smith since he was at Alabama. Uh, I, I loved him. I was so excited when the Tigers picked him up, what, third-round pick a couple of drafts ago. Uh, he is I, – I, I really, really like Dylan Smith a lot. Uh, Ty Madden has made adjustments and has been a lot better this year than he was last year, getting a lot more swings and misses on his fastball, which is great to see. He's exciting. Obviously, everyone's excited about Wilmer Flores and uh, Jackson Job, uh, but I don't think we're really close to those. I don't think we're really close on any of these guys, to be honest with you. But Dylan Smith is the answer to that question. Um, what's going on with Tyler Alexander? That's a great question, Cindy. That's a great question. I, I don't know. I really don't know. I, you know, I, the shelf life on long relievers that don't get swings and misses is not like extremely long in the year 2023, just because that's not how baseball is really played. Um, but I do think that he can turn it around. My, my comments yesterday were not like get Tyler Alexander off my baseball team. Now he sucks. Uh, he has provided a lot of innings. He has proven to be that he just hasn't this season. And I agree with you. Something does seem off, uh, this season from Ty on Twitter with we're almost done. This is amazing. Was my Scooble and Manning added to this roster, replacing Wentz, Boyd and Fiedo. Do you think we win the poor central? Um, first off, as I said earlier, I don't think Casey Mize is pitching for the Tigers this season. Uh, Manning should be back in June and, and Scooble should be back in late July. Maybe. I don't know. There's still a lot of question marks around that one. Um, I still don't, I, I already answered that. I still don't think we win the central. I know. And I'm not trying to be like, don't think that we're going to win the central. Like it, it, it's a terrible division. And if the offense does even become a league average offense, then like anything's possible. But again, for me personally, this offense still has so, so, so far to go before I'm like, yeah, this is like, we're going to make a run at it. This is great. You know what I mean? Uh, okay. Brad on Twitter, who says no Erod for Tyler O'Neill. I think we say no to that, believe it or not. Um, and not that that's not a great starting piece. I don't think it would take too much more than that. But Tyler O'Neill has one year of control after this one. I think he's a free agent after next season. I think. I believe he has four, three years of control. Uh, 2025, I think, is when he's a free agent. So, yeah, after the 2024 season, I believe. Anyway. My point being, uh, he has like negative war this season. Really, his offense, he, he's this is his fourth year in the league. He has one really incredible offensive season where he was like a six-win player because he's so good defensively year in and year out. Um, but he strikes out like 30% of the time. He doesn't walk a boatload. I'm not really sure that that's like a straight-up trade that you make. Uh, but he is good. And again, he's like, he's got negative war this year, but like he, again, he's proven he could be like a five and a half, six win player at his best. Um, and you're, and you're, he's not a rental. So I think you're close there. I think that you're going to go Tyler O'Neill plus like maybe a pitching prospect. Maybe that's kind of where my mind is on that one. Okay. Austin Meadows question. Another one that's, uh, that's in my DMS. Uh, just like pretty much the, the summary of this one is just, is there an option that would benefit the, the Tigers? Like, what do we really do? 
I, I wish I had an answer. I dang it, we're at 40 minutes. I really don't know. Like genuinely, I'm not sure. And it's unfortunate because I really want him to get better. And and he was a legitimate all-star, like caliber player and was an all-star when he was in Tampa. Um, I, I don't know. Like he, he has no trade value, if that's what you're getting at. Like the, no team is going to like take that on for – like you're not going to get anything in return for him. Um, I, I'm not really sure what the point of cutting him would be. Like he's not – if you put him on the 60s, not even taking up a 40-man spot. So like – that there's no point in cutting him over that. You know what I mean? Like he's not taking up a roster spot anyway. I think the only option is just kind of sit and wait and see what happens. And that sucks for everybody involved, him included, but that's just like kind of where it's at. Okay. I think I only have one more. I can't believe we got through everything in like a decent ish amount of time. Uh, from Chance on Twitter, I listen and I love the show and listen every day. Thank you so much. Uh, the team desperately needs power. Is there anyone in the minors you could possibly take a flyer on for someone? And am I the only one concerned about bringing Justin Henry Maloy up too soon? So uh, taking a flyer on someone, I, I don't think there's really anyone out there. I'm pretty sure Fran Mil Reyes just got signed to a minor league deal to the Nationals. I want to say so like if you're looking for like a flyer on a power threat, I guess like there it goes. I don't think there's really anyone out there like that. As far as minor leaguers go again, Justin Henry Malloy is leading the triple A in homers and it's not like particularly close. Um, I think he has seven. The next highest. Well, Parker Meadows has five, I guess. Parker Meadows can't hit lefties right now. He's got a 729 OPS. That kind of got deflated pretty quickly. Uh, Justin Henry, like he's he's got a 500 slug. Like he's he's got he's got the best slug. Unless you wanted to go like like Andrew Knapp is a catcher, but like do you really want to add another catcher just for like? But he he he's 31 and hasn't shown any power at the major league level. So like that, no, I, no. You're right. The team doesn't have power. It's been a problem for this team for the last three years, longer, five years, zero power. But I don't think there really is an immediate fix in within the organization internally or like out there just like able to be claimed on waivers or anything. I think that would have to be a trade piece. Now, as far as rushing Henry Malloy, um, I, I don't think you're alone in that because he'd I, – I think the Tigers kind of agree with you. Um, again, he will play this year and he will play, uh, I think a lot this year. He's 30 walks in 40 games. I love him. Uh, but I think that the walks will translate. I'm not worried about that. I think he'll probably strike out a decent amount when he first gets called up. And I also think that he will probably not have a 500 slugging percentage. I think that the power, uh, until this year, the power was kind of a somewhat of a question mark. So I, I think that it's it's possible they're waiting to get more evidence of that as well. Okay, cool. Okay, I tried to get through everybody. If I didn't, I greatly apologize. My goal was to try and get through everybody. This has been a 45-minute long episode, which is not good because I shouldn't be doing that. So I gratefully apologize uh, to you. But it's a weekend episode. We had an off day. I wanted to try and get through as many. I didn't want to leave anybody hanging. I think I covered everybody. 
Okay. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. Appreciate y'all again. Uh, yeah. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back on Monday recapping the series against the Nationals, which we won't preview because we definitely don't have time for that. Um, they're bad. The Nationals are bad. They're one of the worst rosters in Major League Baseball. Their offense has, like, weirdly some players that are doing pretty well on it. So it's not just like a cakewalk. Like, I would take two of three. I'm not looking for a sweep. I'm, we're the Detroit Tigers. I'm not looking really to sweep anybody, no matter how bad they are. Uh, but if we take two of three, I'm going to count that as a win. Okay? Cool. Appreciate y'all. We'll be back Monday. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. And I'll catch you all then. Go Tigers, baby.